This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hi, everybody. This is a uh, special show of Breaking Banks today. It's called Breaking Leaders. And uh, today with me is Elliot Lim, the Chief Customer Officer. I'm, I, I hope this is correct. That's the correct. Chief, I'm very happy. The Chief Customer Officer of Mambu. I'm in particular excited today to speak to you, Elliot, because Mambu will, is on the way or then depending on when you listen to the show, did publish uh, a new study about open banking. Uh, and I think open banking is a very, very relevant topic. Most recently, I had to do a uh, presentation for the Mexican uh, Banking Association about open banking, by the way. But um, so this is a global topic uh, of relevance. Um, but first of all, Elliot, uh, how about introducing yourself to your audience, please? Absolutely. Thank you, Matthias. So I'm uh, yeah, Elliot Lim, as you said, the Chief Customer Officer at Mambu. Um, I've been with Mambu for around about 18 months now. Background very much in banking, uh, having worked for City, Deutsche, Barclays, and a few others over 15 years. Uh, also worked for a couple of fintechs, founded my own consultancy, and been in and around banking and very much open banking for the last few years. I think it's been a fascinating fascinating way that's been introduced and how banks have adopted and what it's really meant to consumers. So uh, looking forward to the conversation. Thank you so much. And the, te the, the headline of your report actually is called Let's Talk Openly. Um, so let's talk openly. Um, how is it? Oh, first open question and maybe totally out of the hedge, uh, but but you mentioned a lot of incumbent names now that you work for. How is it working in a fintech now? Is that was that difficult for you or what is was it challenging? No, it's interesting. I think I went on a bit of a journey and I think there's a lot of us that have worked in banking a long time have got on that journey. Um, it, it's almost ironic. Um, I won't name the banks, but I sort of I ran innovation labs inside banks as well at one point. And I think if anything, if I look back now, I almost jokingly refer to myself as a fintech assassin. We sort of we sort of went down the old-fashioned routes of you know bringing some smart kids, trying to turn them into bankers with some great ideas. Uh, we would basically kidnap their roadmap by locking them in for a couple of years onto a, an unpaid POC, or there was the invest in them and try and keep them to ourselves. Not none of that worked, and that wasn't the right way. So I think my evolution was going from banker that always believed there was probably a better way of doing it. I'm a technologist by trade, computer scientist by education, um, looking for collaboration. I've always been a huge believer there's collaboration in the market. And that bank-centric approach, which arguably open banking is there to break down a little bit and think smarter about, was never quite the way I think it should have should have been working. And so I started a consultancy that was around collaboration in banking. And 
very much joined Mambu when I thought I'd found my home. The guys who set this up, they had a culture thinking, hey, it's around collaboration. We have what we call composable banking, which is about making sure we build an ecosystem, not an ego system, which I think is where a lot of banks have fallen down previously. And so it's actually been the opposite of a challenge. It's actually been almost finding what I've been looking for my entire career, not wanting to sound too uh, Hollywood film centric, but it's uh, but it's, it's fun. I'm loving every day of it. No, that's that, that's great. But and and my question comes out of uh, or with the background that I uh, do see more and more um, than I would have to say truly incumbent bankers trying to now jump over the fence and say now we do a fintech as well uh, and so on and so forth. And to be honest, in terms of corporate culture, uh, which by the way I think is a strong component of open banking in terms of corporate culture, I, I would find that to be. Yeah, well, um, challenging, as said, and uh, I will not trust everybody that he or she might actually do it. And then it's it's actually a very fair point. I think you're right. I think you said a lot of people make that jump because, you know, let's let's not put too fine a point on it. FinTech mm. is pretty cool, and we we can see an openness, and especially when you get to a point in your career, you think I can share all my knowledge and I can build that into this this cool fun stuff. I can jump on the bandwagon, but it's you have to forget half of what you know as well. That cultural side of it, that uh, ingrained way of working in a large bank, mm. you you can't bring that into a fintech. You end up killing innovation. You'll make the same mistakes that stopped the banks really driving and actually were the reason that fintechs needed to exist because the banks were not doing it. Was you know I think I think arguably it's one of the, the trains they missed. We can talk about you know they missed big data. They missed all the utilization of data that when. Their customers, such as supermarkets, came along to use it to actually look at segmentation. The banks already had that data and did nothing with it. I think it's very similar with fintech and uh, you know around open banking. It should open up that model to allow this way of working across the across the board. Um, but I think just a, just a sidestep on this, I think it does raise one of the big questions to actually drive something like open banking. You have to align everybody, not make it bank centric, make it customer centric, and. To do that, you have to you have to take a step back and make sure that the fintech, the bank, the regulator all sits with a an aligned strategy and aligned value outcomes. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think uh, open banking is interesting because I think that's the point of it. But I'm not sure they've hit the bullseye. Uh, last point that is not directly leading into open banking, but maybe indirectly. Would you agree? Um, to say, okay, a, a separation of the industry into fintech and incumbent is actually something we should overcome. And should we more have a look to uh, a industry segmentation saying digitized or non-digitized? I think any label is dangerous. I think yeah. I think it's a I think the banking industry needs to to recognize that it's wider than just the banks. It needs to sort of look at it. I mean, if you look at the first the first flow of in, incumbent challenges. So when the first challenger banks came around, I'm not even sure we'd call them fintech anymore, but they came around they were pretty much bricks and mortar with a different model started from a, a greenfield position. They became incumbents almost overnight. It's, you know, they still had legacy built in there. The regulators didn't really give them any difference of approval. And I think what we're seeing in the market now, just to, you know, round that off, where we had the challenger banks, the neobanks come in, very quickly the 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 incumbent banks started challenging back with the speedboats, launching their own challenger brands, et cetera. I think where the next point is everybody sort of stops the uh, stops the boxing match in the 15th round and says, do you know what? We're all working in banking. We need to give a better banking experience and better banking for everyone. So the consumer needs to be at the center. How do we work collaboratively to do that? Which I think, again, open banking is a 
is a linch point for. We just have to make sure we we do execute and grow from there. Because then following your definition, you would define actually everything that is this kind of challenge or fintech to be a having a catalytic role. But as we know, uh, catalysts are being kind of digested during the process and are not existing at the end of the uh, right. anymore. I would find that to be a very sad perspective for future uh, being a catalyst. I think there's a caution, right? I think uh, the, as catalysts, there will with there will be, and we already see it that, that they fade away on both yeah. the the challenger neo side and on actually the incumbent speedboat side. You can see many times where this doesn't work. Um, there's there's a big point in this, and we know this for building trust in the model. So people moving their daily banking from the highly regulated incumbent that's been the safe house for money, and it, it's a generational thing. It will take at least one generation to bring that trust into what we know as the neos, the challenges, the different ways of working. Um, but and again, we're going to down a rabbit hole. But you add big tech into this, and you add it the different ways. You you see that there's there's opportunities where as long as that trust token sits, and you have banking services, they don't necessarily need to be a bank. Yeah, um, we, yeah we'll yeah. see. Yeah. No, no, no. F finally, finally, coming into now diving into open banking. Uh, let us try. Let us try maybe to come to whatever kind of a at least for today definition of what you, me, us, we would define to be open banking. Uh, may May I give you the first try on this and 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 lean back and listen to you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, always a fun one. So the, the definitions are different, difficult, right? So I think the way open banking was set out. Um, was with definitions that were confusing into the market. So I, I would like to start with sort of a proposition that's, and this is where our report comes from. It's, you know, open banking is something that people don't understand as a consumer. They don't trust it. We look at it more as sort of smart banking. And I think if you look at open banking as providing better financial services that support somebody's lifestyle or their way of thinking, their way of working, that's a real simplification that people can align to, can understand. The, the what's, where's, and how falls behind it is the same as going into a consumer and start talking about open APIs, REST APIs, and how we want architecture to be built. I think that's a that's a mistake. It's almost a rebrand needed on this to make it something that people are understanding. Because I think if you read the definition of open banking from any of the, the websites or the articles when it was first launched, uh, I've worked in banking for 20 years. I still had to read it three times. That that That's where I think the problem is. So you you with, with with what you just told me you are aiming at the consumer and I fully agree uh, at the end of the day the consumer the bank banks customers so to say in particular when we speak about retail yeah yep. do not at all have any idea uh, regarding open banking I would say that even you know all of us working in fintech if we would ask our family members saying okay do you have any idea of open banking everybody would say no you know come yeah. on this now um, I, I fully agree and to be honest i have to say um i couldn't care less um as a consumer whether you are delivering a relevant and then we could define relevant but whether you deliver me a relevant financial service solution slash solution via open banking or not or what way ever you're going to do it with pony express well yeah my pony express maybe not but um whatever way you do it i couldn't care less so is open banking more like a b2b brand then or b2b phrase you say consumers and i agree i think that's where the the real point is but i think if you look into sme banking and and sort of the wider market the I think the phrase is a banking phrase. I think it's a, it's a, it's an industry phrase that we can yeah. we can get stuck on. Um, 
you know, I, I, I don't think that's the right way of approaching it. You know, we, we've really hampered innovation in open banking, in my view. Um, you know, slow uptake has limited innovation. If you don't have a marketplace out there that to actually buy this, that can understand it and drive it, you know, there's some there's some interesting stats when you look at the report. You know, 80% of people, and, and there's been a massive uptake during the 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 lockdown, right? People have actually started using more online. They're using more apps. Mm. Around 80% of people are using uh, open banking, but you know, 60% of people are saying that they don't use it. So there's a huge misalignment to what they think they're doing and what they're actually doing. And I think if we come back to that simplicity of the messaging in the consumer, in the SME, arguable when we sort of move it into the higher uh, higher tiers of the corporate banking, but there has to be something that makes this more interesting and more driven because without that demand, the, we, we're going to limit the innovation and limit the value of this. Mm. And and could it be that actually the, the, the word open in open banking does people scare off more than it is attractive? Uh, I, I experienced that once in a while in all those discussions, you know, whenever they say, yeah, and in particular then coming, uh, talking about data sharing, everybody wants to share data and everybody, I think, yeah, well, maybe even not. But but I think everybody, to be more specific, everybody understands that having the right data at the right time might help me having a better life. However, I am I do not possess all the data I need. So I need to share and get data. And I think everybody agrees on this, but in the same time, nobody really agrees on, on how to do this. And and at the end of the day, in particular in my European and German focused view, we're very scared about data. Very, very scared. We we are posting on Facebook that we're scared about data scams and so on, you know? So, and this is ironic, okay? So, um, so is the open in itself a threat to open banking? Uh, yeah, I think I think the branding is interesting. I, I'm sitting here smiling because I was just thinking, if my little sister was sitting here, my little sister's a nurse, and if she was sitting here and listening to you say, I understand that data needs to be shared and we we need to share data, she would look at you horrified and say, but why? Yeah, there, there's there's not an understanding, and I think that that violation or perceived violation of privacy and that I'm going to share something because Big Brother's watching or you can utilize my data. Be it a big brother, be it a fraud, be it a some sort of concern. People people take a step back and say, but but why do you need my data? And I think if we if we like I said at the start, if we pitch this as in, hey, do you want to have a better service? Do you want to get better service that, that make your life better, utilize what you want to do? You're gonna to have to tell us something about yourself, then that's fine. You know, and people are used to that. They'll fill in online forms, they'll, as you say, Facebook, they'll 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 use these things day in, day out. But as soon as you say your bank is going to share your data. One, they think there's access to data they don't want anybody to have. And two, it comes back to that trust. You know, banks are still not built. I'm talking banks wider as in banking. Building that trust to say that banks can be um, capable of administrating your data and doing something that is in your best interest, that's that's still a bit of a bit of a sore point for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can I can there was what most recently a discussion on German media. Um, about uh, the usage of data out of accounts that companies do gain within and totally compliant within the payment service directives, right? And and which 
as much as I recall it, was very much favored and initiated by the regulator and the lawmakers in, in, in our market over here. Now, suddenly the, ma- the media, I, I think I have to say, didn't understand the first, didn't understand it in the first call, but in the second call, now they say, yeah, well, they're looking at my data and they're using my data. This is, this is something that shouldn't happen. You know? So I, I think this, there's also a time gap in understanding the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you start talking PSD, PSD2, PSD3 as we move forward, again, we, yeah. we take it down a we take it down a route to where we would completely lose 99.9% of, of, the, of the global population's understanding of what we're talking about. Yeah. And, and I think you say that the media can, can pick up on these things, but there was nobody simplifying it for them. It was, it was a, I, and again, it's not the first time as an industry we've done this. I think there are many times that we can, and and industries are always full of these sort of things. But I think if we can actually take that and drive something, um, open banking should be, it is a global thing, as you said earlier, you were talking um, about it in Mexico. But I think open banking from a European perspective and how we've driven this and we've sort of been the testing ground and pushed this forward. um, If I was looking from the outside, I don't think I'd be overly impressed about how it was done. And Mm. I think as it's rolled into more and more countries you you have to understand you know the country's um ability to adapt and understand digitization and drive things new it's no accident the nordics have the biggest pickup of this that's Mm. it's the very way that they work the way we think it's nothing new to them there's a lot more trust involved um and the take-up is is significant you know the uk even you know two million consumers using around one hundred sixty thousand a month adding uh, into the the usability of open banking throughout the lockdown, throughout COVID, mm. those numbers are pretty good. But I, I worry if that will then revert back to to what it was after we get through the lockdown and people are happy to go back to their old ways of thinking and working because they will not. Do they really see a big benefit of it in their day to day lifestyle? Mm. I'd, I'd argue it depends who you are. So this is also what struck me in your report saying, uh, okay, open banking hasn't delivered what it promised at the end of the day. Was our expectation maybe over-enthusiastic on it? Um, or or what, what is, besides the reasons we mentioned already, what, what, is, what is the kind of disappointment that comes with it? Would we have done more? I, th- I think we could, but I think it, again, I'm, I don't want to keep making it overly simple, but I think... We in the industry understood the power of open banking. I mean, I, do you know what? When open banking first started, and I still think um, at times it, it was seen as a threat, not as an opportunity. I think there was a lot of a lot of banks. I was um, working with some incumbent banks at the time. We were all looking at it, thinking, how much is this going to cost us? At first visibility, this is actually going to be a market limitation exercise for us. We're keeping the cost base without the upside. And I think, I think even internally to the to the industry, there was some confusion around that. I think when you then put it out as a, a mixed message without a clear, um, I actually think what we should have done is actually got a marketing agency to look at it as an industry. And I think we should, we should do this more often, actually, and say, okay, but what the hell is open banking? What does this mean to people? How do we actually put this out into press releases? Because you know, I, I am a bit of a broken record, but I think that positioning, that understanding of what it actually means, um, mm. we had high expectations because we understood the value of it. But we never actually took that to market. It was as if we came up with a – it was as if we were a very cool fintech startup that was very engineering-based. We understood exactly what we were doing. We we thought this was the coolest thing we could ever invent. But we forgot to get a commercial team, marketing team, or anything else around it. 
and we just had a fantastic algorithm that we had no idea what we could we didn't understand why people wouldn't buy it it's it's a, it's an age old problem that um unfortunately i think we fell into again so that means actually uh, i wouldn't be surprised if there is not anything like an open banking association out there um <laughs> There's, I mean, there is. Uh, I know there's at least one in the UK, uh, yeah. and I know there's, I know there's several of these around the world, and I think there's a lot of work being done into it. Um, but I, I do think we have to, we have to accept that you know, cool ideas aren't necessarily always the ones that that win through. There has to be something that really shows value, and there has to be because people don't understand when they're using open banking. Right. Nobody has a, nobody has a real understanding of what it is. They may have some really nice things they use now in their day to day lives that actually without open banking wouldn't exist. But they, they don't see that as open banking. So what some of your findings, and I quote, are, for instance, that 57 percent of the consumer's biggest concern is data sharing with open banking. Fifty two percent of global respondents of your survey uh, have not heard of open banking. So uh, that, that looks like a, a, uh, a big challenge for any kind of communication team, uh, obviously. Uh, and of course, when then also the, uh, on, on the one side of how to spread the word better, but also as you in, pointed out in the beginning, also to tell what kind of a narrative, what is it that kind of open banking then? And and what uh, and you said you would focus on the benefits for the consumer when describing open banking. Did I get yes. that right? That's correct. I mean, and going back to the report again, you know, over 50% of uh, respondents are using between one and three apps. And then we saw that one in five people are using at least five, right? It, that are, are open banking apps. And, and I think that's the problem. So actually the the uptake is there and it's an interesting uptake, but there's no label put on it to say, hey, look at the value open banking is adding to you. They see the banking, those individual applications add to them. Um, and then on the other side, they are scared of this open banking. You know, the numbers are almost the same if you look at the uptake and the fear factor, because the two don't come together. And as you you pointed out earlier, I think open banking, the open actually brings that fear and makes people think, but what is open? Why do I want to be more open? And it's they feel that they're giving and not getting back. Whereas actually on the flip side, it is enriching their lives. It is giving them better financial services that support their lifestyle. They just can't join the dots on it. Mm. So it means how to, for me as a consumer, it could be uh, saying, how can I actually control you bank on the open status, so to say, and how, how could I control how, what are you sharing regarding my data uh, and so on and so forth, but, but immediately calls something like any kind of blockchain technology to me, but uh, I, I, I do not want to kind of over, overspread that now. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I think you know, to sort of jump to an end point on this one, I think, I think there's two ways of doing it. You either, and this is a difficult high cost who pays for it conversation on you almost have a you know with intel inside and say with open banking and you stick a little label on it that every single app has that hey this is an open banking app uh, that's that's a high cost long time return and is it actually worth the value when nobody right. really owns open banking or you kill the kill the terminology and actually go to a, do you know what? If you want better banking services, here is a way of getting better banking services. We keep the terminology internally. We don't talk about it outside. To, to my point earlier, we don't, you know, at Mambu, we have a, our entire ecosystem is based on open API. You can build open banking solutions. We support everything that's in there. We're not going to go to 
our customers' customers and say, hey, we have great APIs. We can we can go and drive this. We know that internally as an industry. We can plug into Mambu and we can build products. In the same way, I don't think we should probably have to go about open banking. Mm. And I think at the moment, we're sort of in the middle where we think we have this cool moniker of open banking we can put onto something that that doesn't mean anything. And it's it's a difficult one. And that, and that reminds me also, yeah, I... I uh, I have to say, I absolutely understand and support that view, Elliot, because it reminds me to the many, many discussions we had, for instance, at FIDO when we when we did sell FIDO operating system. We didn't walk up there and saying, hey, listen, you have a digital infrastructure, because the next question of a, let me say, professional decision maker on my potential customer side would have been, why? And what is that good for? And and this is uh, and I I think this is or I I do believe this is what you are advertising for is we we should start that discussion coming from the benefits of your consumers uh, actually. So and 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 I think as much as I read your report, you are also coming up with a new terminology that you would prefer actually than to be used. What what is that? Yeah, I mean it's it's all about small banking, right? We we honestly believe that. It's, again, coming back to the point, right? The sales pitch for open banking. It's like, yeah. hey, we've come up with this great idea as an industry. It's open banking. We're going to share your data across multiple sources, and we're going to give you something out the back of it. We, we start with the, the bad news story, and we sort of pull them into a what's very often lost as a benefit. If we start and saying, hey, do you know what? There is a lot of things out there allow you to have smarter banking, allows you to have better financial services that support your lifestyle and works better with you on a day-to-day basis. So actually putting your banking services at the center of who you are, what you do, what you believe in, it's return to relationship banking. You know, it's almost back to the uh, the Mary Poppins film where you go in and had uh, the guy who you spoke to, but it's a digitized version of it that gives you what you need. You can trust it and it's there for you. Um, by the way, if you need the information about how this is done, there is interaction between different parties in the background where they will have access to some of your data that is important to actually achieve this. We understand, but here is the uh, here are the things that cover you from the risks. Actually, it's nothing that's going to cause you any problems. That's a very different approach, a very different stance. And I think if you look at it as smart banking, return to relationship banking, giving people what they need and what they want, not just from a consumer, from a Certainly, the SME market, I see exactly the same. I've run SMEs before. And I think to say that we will give you what you want, what you need, you know, open banking or smart banking to an SME could give them access to funds quicker, could use a different utilization to work out what is their their fingerprint and how how can they actually expect to get access to cash. I think there's just a lot more we could do to make this uh, not just not just a better exercise for the consumer, but actually better than take up of the innovations, which will drive more innovation and allow us really to try and drive something forward. Would it be also that in 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 the days we are living in, which I would perfectly this which I would describe to be the perfect situation of a VUCA world, like volatile, um, like like in any in, in any way ambiguous and so on and so forth, wouldn't it be actually a, a good argument to say, listen, what you need is a tech and an infrastructure stack that allows you to, no matter what the future development will be, to react quickly on it, right? Yes. And and this, out of my, you know, out of my sense, this requires open banking. And if that is a one day, or that would be 
at least one way of definition I would kind of then bring up for open banking, because if you have a kind of black box stack, actually, you would fully need to exchange if your predictions are not coming true or your assumptions are not coming true. However, versus a stack that is opened by whatever kind of technology, API, whatsoever, whatever it will be, I, I'm actually a non, as everybody knows, I'm not the tech guy, but whatever it will be open as to a maximum so that I can react flexibly without throwing all my existing infrastructure into the bin, actually. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? You're absolutely right. I, I'm nodding. It's, I think it's a perfect storm. And it's actually everything we believe yeah. in at Mambu, right? We believe, we believe we've always had to build for an unknown future in banking. I've, I've believed for many years that these five-year transformations of are dead. Yeah. Right? They just they don't have the positive ROI. There's a, there's a million and one reasons. But if you look at where we are now with sort of this, this crazy world we live in and the fact that we've got opportunities for change, if anybody can predict what the future of banking is going to be in five years, three years, then they're a, they're a better man than me. I honestly would not want to make any bets. I would want to have uh, an industry that is is ready for change, is agile, can open up and actually give that customer centricity back to the customer. And there's a huge opportunity in that. But also, you know, get that fair share of wallet for everybody in the ecosystem. Make sure we can build something that drives innovation. Make sure we can make that smart banking, better banking future that not just good for the banks, not just good for the consumer, not just good for all the industry players, but but just makes better banking for everyone. And and that has to have the agility of technology behind it. Forget what it's called. It ha just has to have that availability and people to buy in, to build that innovation, to build uh, those experiences. So could we also then say, and and uh, could we also say that actually open banking, out of your perspective, uh, would be a necessity to secure commission income in the future out of that resulting to maybe even secure your balance sheet related business risk management and so on? I could imagine that with an open exchange of data, whatsoever it might be and of course always uh compliant uh but with an exchange of data we can way quicker say what kind of risk development you have on the books uh you could way quicker in particular in sme banking you can integrate yeah. marketplace data and stuff like that you can be way quicker in your decision making when it comes to maybe working capital uh, loans and so on and so forth you know and this is, I think, what you mean by having a relevant and better customer service isn't it it is and, and having that uh, you know, the technology infrastructure is one thing, but you've also got to have the business model and the mindset to deliver that better customer experience. Yeah. Mindset, and, and that's the key. Mindset, Elliot, it's, it's always between a good, good friend of mine always said he makes a difference of handset and mindset. But it's, isn't it the mindset that you need to have to have a, an open banking handset? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without that, you may as well give up. And we, we all have to work in this together. You know, coming back to what we believe in, that whole collaboration, the composable piece, it's not just about everybody trying to provide everything. It's about being the best at what you do, working out how to fit these things together quickly, and then and giving that opportunity for a better, you know, as we said, better banking experiences for everyone, smart banking, moving away from something that people don't understand to something that's actually going to add a lot of value. And valuation, that's, that's, it, it sounds a bit as, as, as if we would have spoken the script to this to the show now, but it isn't. But valuation now, for, for concluding all this, because time is up now, more or less, valuation would have been my last point now. Isn't it, and this is a theoretical question, <laughs> isn't it 
a rhetorical question. Isn't it that actually all this is needed to secure the valuation of your company at the end of the day? Because if you don't do this, my thesis to this would be, and please, please prove me wrong. My thesis to this would be that if, if you do not break up that mindset into this open banking direction, call it, and it necessarily would be smart than doing it. Um, you are endangering, finally, you're endangering your enterprise valuation by, by kind of closing it up, by blackboxing it, so to say, by making it dependent on one strategic assumption only, yep. coming with all the cost of it and additional risk and everything else that is relevant in the banking P&L. Completely agree with you. And I, I think that's I think that's the other, the other side. You say we're running out of time, but I think that relationship banking mixed with a re, sort of a commoditized banking future where people are great at what they do, they can be agile, provide services that make a lot of sense, and people are just very, very good at that one, two things, is a huge way that this model can drive forward. It can be a lot more market players building the ecosystem that that really drives customer and ecosystem value. And as you say, that increases everybody's life, makes the banking better, but actually institutional level makes everything uh, higher value with a lower risk. Elliot, thank you so much for that brief conversation. Um, again, everybody, I just can recommend you whenever it's published and whenever you can uh, get it on the website. Let's talk openly. Is uh, the report Mambu did uh, work on and now published about the status and future of open banking? I think it's a great literature. I'm not saying you need to agree on all of it, but it's it's perfect food for thought. And yeah, well, thank you so much. Thank you, Elliot, for being on the show. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you for having me. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening to us. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.